The Chargers have been flexed into another primetime game. It'll be Week 14 Sunday night football against the Miami Dolphins. The entire country will get to see Justin Herbert versus Tua Tungavailoa, and I don't think social media is ready. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for six seasons together. But this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And today, David, it has to start with basically what all of social media is talking about. And it's always... Justin Herbert versus Tua Tagovailoa. Somehow, I mean, that just seems to always dominate Twitter between both of these fan bases. And now, Tua versus Herbert will be prime time on Sunday Night Football, Week 14. And I don't know if we can handle it yet. So we're going to talk about that. Also, talk about if Justin Herbert is hearing any of this Emmanuel Acho slander. But we also have one person that could be a great fit for the Chargers at offensive coordinator if they decide to move on from Joe Lombardi. And also get into who is more important to play in this game, Corey Lindsley or Trey Pipkins. Both of these guys could be questionable going into a huge game against the Raiders. Both are hugely important. Who is more important? Then we'll talk about a kicker controversy and what we think is going to happen as far as Joey Bosa coming back, because obviously we know how great that dude is. But David, it starts with the social media game of all time. It's going to be Justin Herbert versus Tua Tagovailoa, week 14. And it's going to be crazy because, I mean, Dolphin fans are always – Everywhere, you know, talking trash to Chargers fans and Tua is yep. let's start with this. Tua has been fantastic so far this year. And then I think it's a huge, you know, goes a long way in showing what it means to have the right coach in place, get the right weapons, right? Because he's just been so much better this year than he has been in his first two seasons. While Justin Herbert, you know, from the outside looking in, has taken a step back, missing his two best weapons for a lot of the season, missing his starting left tackle and all pro left tackle all this season. Being this, injured. Yeah, and, and this game is not going to decide which one of them are the better quarterback, David. But that is absolutely what's going to happen. Like, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be insane when this these two teams match up on primetime. Oh, it's going to be absolutely uh, just a complete show. It is going to be a show everywhere. And honestly, I'm surprised that it took the NFL so long to flex this game in, in, into primetime because it seems like all of the elements are there the recipe for an incredible showdown with a lot of eyeballs on this game has already been there. And it is for this one with Justin Herbert and Tua going up against each other. There's a lot of animosity there. And we were talking about before we started this show that Daniel, that this one almost feels like it's a rivalry now. It does. It feels like it's a rivalry game. And like the funny thing to me is it seemed like the first two seasons, the debate was actually Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow, right? Because Tua was getting benched, he was getting banged up, Ryan Fitzmagic, all of that entire situation, right? And he wasn't in a good situation, obviously. And Justin Herbert had some great weapons and lit the league on fire his two first seasons. But it feels like the way that Dolphins fans talk to Charger fans, right? And there's there's blame on both sides. Don't get me wrong. Chargers fans can get in there too. But like the Chargers also never had a chance at to a tongue of Iloa, right? No. We were never. like screaming that they we wanted him <laughs> right at draft time. We were dead wrong about Justin Herbert. We wanted them to take Tua. 
once yeah. upon a time. But I also have never really wished ill on it to uh, either. No. So that's kind of the odd part because now it's just Dolphins fans everywhere posting low lights of, you know, Justin Herbert every time he messes up and not taking any of the context in. But I think it does really show you, David, that science experiment, how important it is that Mike McDaniel is there now. And obviously, you know, we're just left to wonder what it would look like if Justin Herbert had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, right? And we just have seen how much better he's been just having Keenan Allen back in the lineup, which is huge which is only one of those guys, right? You haven't even had both him and Mike Williams play an entire game healthy all season. And I think that's the one hope, right? You just hope that the Chargers can get as healthy as possible before that game just to give themselves the best shot because the Miami Dolphins have far and away been the better team this year. They are the more complete team. They've been the better offense. They've had the better defense. Tua will get to go against the weaker of the two defenses in that one. But if you can get Mike Williams back for that game healthy, right? If you can get Joey Bosa potentially back for that game, that's all you want is for the teams to at least be as close to full strength as possible so we can see what it looks like when these two battle it out. As much as everybody wants this to be Justin Herbert versus Tua, it's not. It's the Los yeah. Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> the quarterbacks are not playing each other. Okay, let, let's make that very clear. So, yes, in this game, you want all of your soldiers available for battle because yeah. that is what this game is going to be. We knew before this season started, when the schedule came out, that this Dolphins game was going to be tough. It is going to be tough, and the Dolphins have proved that they are a very good football team. So you want all of your guys available. You want Keenan out there. You want Mike out there. You want Corey Lindsley out there. And, yes, you would love, love, love to have Joey Bosa out there tag-teaming with Khalil Mack coming after Tua all game long. Now, we'll see if that happens. But you want to see the best two teams out there battling it out, and we'll see who comes out on top. I'm already dreading it, man. Like I'm already dreading what's going to be like for this game. It's going to be madness. Either like it would feel great for Justin Herbert to shut up a lot of you know Dolphins fans. Wonderful. But it it isn't them two going up. They're never on the field at the same time, right? They're on different teams. Tua is already 1-0 against Justin Herbert when he had the better team in 2020 that season, yep. right? And much yep. better defense. Ugh, it's just going to be absolutely insane. And I think it's crazy, though, the Chargers could potentially have seven primetime games this year. Um, and I crazy. think all Charger fans are scared that there's going to be another Sunday night football loss, right? Back-to-back weeks they lost against the 49ers and the Chiefs. And yep. now they get another game that if we were picking right now, I wouldn't be able to pick them to win, right? So, of course, that's what scares you. It's like Justin Herbert could have a good game. Charge defense gives up 40 points and everyone's like, I told you Justin Herbert yeah. wasn't as good yeah. as Tua. And at this point, even with what I've seen from Tua this year, if I had to pick between the two of them, I'm still going with Justin Herbert, right? I mean, yep. maybe that's my bias being a Chargers fan, but like obviously the potential there is unlimited, even though Tua has been unreal this season and that quarterback class is shaping up to be insane. And I, and I really do root for all three of those guys to be really good. And that's yeah. not even including Jalen Hurts. But it's hard, Dave, when you have people out there irresponsibly stoking the flames for clicks, and that's what Emmanuel Acho does, which brings us to our first Chargers mailbag question of the day coming from Herbie Baby Goat. Do you think that Justin Herbert is aware of the Emmanuel Acho hate? And there's almost no one in the NFL, I think, that could get away from something that's gone so viral. But if there was one, it'd probably be Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert does not do social media at all. 
He has an Instagram page, but I guarantee you he has a team that does oh, yeah. that for him. That He's not making those all of those things for him. He does not care. Like he truly does not get sucked up in any of that <laughs> stuff. He doesn't pay attention to it at all. That is not who he is. He is an introvert and that yeah. is very clear whenever he gets put in front of a podium he's still very robotic with his answers he's still very pr with his answers that is just who justin herbert is i guarantee you he has absolutely no idea who emmanuel Acho is doesn't know what his opinions are doesn't care what his opinions are and he can't he can't focus on any of that daniel he has to go out there and worry about winning football games for the chargers 100 percent, and like Acho, like no matter what you say, he, what he's doing is working, right? He's getting traction for himself. Brilliant he's for him. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the dude was not a good football player, right? I no. mean, he burned 33 down the tackles and, his entire career. He's done right. nothing. No, yeah, he didn't do anything. And, like, for Justin Herbert, the only way he's finding out about it is if a teammate's bringing that up to him. And I think it's hard for – I mean, I saw Brayden Payoko say, I don't have time for this clown today on Twitter. It yeah. seemed like he was talking about Emmanuel Acho. So oh, it seems of like course he was. Chargers want to go to bat for their guy you know, as good teammates do. But, yeah, the only way he's knowing is if someone's telling him. I don't know who's telling him. But it wouldn't surprise me if someone that week, you know, if he finds out about it, like, hey, you know, let's go shut up Emmanuel Hacho because I'm sure his teammates want him to shut him up probably more than Justin oh, Herbert absolutely. even knows about this situation is even yeah. happening. So Justin Herbert doesn't seem to care about that stuff. And that's the one thing about Justin Herbert and him being, you know, not the rah-rah guy, all of those things. He's always even-keeled, and you're always mm-hmm. getting the same dude, you know, yep. and I think that shows up with him having the most game-winning drives and comebacks from his draft class. But there's a lot more to get to, including potentially a new pairing for Justin Herbert offensively if the Chargers decide to move on from Joe Lombardi, because now Frank Reich could possibly be be available. So we're going to talk about that. And Trey Pipkins and Corey Lindsley going up into a big-time matchup against the Raiders coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about something that is changing the car rental game, and it is Turo the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And I know everyone's had a nightmare story renting cars. You don't have to rent cars that way anymore because with Turo, you can book any car that you want, wherever you want it from, from a community of local hosts. And I was checking them out. I'm not going to lie. I almost just had to drive a, you know, a new Mercedes to work because I saw it on Turo.com. I thought about it. I almost took a new Tesla to work. You know, if you're trying to get that new electric vehicle and see what that's like, or if you want the car to drive you to work itself, you can do that with Turo. There's a tons of cars available. If you want to show up to something fancy and something that, Looks like it's, you know, ready for that event. Turo is the place to be. And if you're on a budget, I mean, you're going to get great prices from Turo.com. I mean, the prices I saw in there were lower than I've ever actually rented a car for. So if you need a luxury car, if you need something just to get you to point A to B, you can do that with Turo.com. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. It's so convenient. If you're on vacation, right, you just need a car for a short amount of time or for whatever amount of time, use Turo because every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. This episode is also brought to you guys by Audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts. Block Forever is a new podcast from former NFL All-Pro tackle Ryan Khalil and Audible, and he gives the fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get the real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside the locker room, during the team meetings, back at the hotel. You'll hear from guys like Christian McCaffrey talk about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football, and I'm sure that's very interesting because he's been a very polarizing fantasy football player, just not quite as good as Austin Eckler. And new episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. 
Ryan and guests discuss topics like player psyches, sports betting, playing through pain, all the things you don't really hear about in a normal press conference. You can get those behind the scenes look at Block Forever and catch the whole Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. We did want to get into our Chargers mailbag, and we got some good questions to talk about here, David, and some good voicemails. So right now we're going to go to our good friend, Atir, who has a new idea about who the Chargers offensive coordinator should be in 2023. Hi, Dan. Hi, David. I have a question. I was thinking about this. Is it possible that Frank Wright can be the new OC for the Chargers next year? I just wanted to know that. Remember what he did with Nick Foles? The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, is it possible that Coach David goes that direction after the season? Thank you. Please let me know. I love you. <laughs> I get so happy anytime I hear in a tear voice now. Thank you, Atiyah, for always calling in and being such a big fan. We appreciate it. And I think you're bringing up a great question. And, I mean, if only we knew, you know, what it would be like to have Frank Rank as an offense coordinator. Oh, wait, we do, because he was the Chargers offensive coordinator already in the Phillip River. Yes, sir. Era, right. But, David, obviously, we've had our gripes with Joe Lombardi. He has a chance to change the narrative a little bit, but obviously there's going to be some things that we're probably always going to have a problem with with his style of offense. It looks a lot better now that they've been getting a little healthier. Keenan Allen is obviously a huge part of it. But if they decide oh, yeah. to let him go, which I think most Chargers Twitter probably still wants, what would you think about someone like Frank Reich? Obviously, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, because that is still a big possibility. Yeah, that, that exactly. And that, that's the first thing you got to talk about is that, hey, I mean, this is a former head coach here, and there is absolutely no guarantee that he won't get another opportunity to be a head coach somewhere else. Now, if that does not happen, of course, I mean, familiarity breeds company. The Chargers already know who Frank Reich is as a man. They know what he is capable of doing. He knows, you know, they know him. They are very, very familiar. The Telesco Colts ties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of ties there. And, you know, why wouldn't he want to come to the Chargers with Justin Herbert and all these offensive weapons and rebuild his value and say, hey, this is what I am capable of doing. There's a defensive head coach in Brandon Staley. So whatever we do on the offense, that is all going to be a reflection right. of me and my play calling. So for him, I mean, it seems like a very, very good idea. Yeah, well, and Frank Reich's an interesting discussion because, I mean, if you're going based off what he's done lately, it's not great. No. And when he was the Chargers offensive coordinator, like, people were screaming for him to get fired. It's easy yeah. to forget that now, but everyone wanted him to re get replaced with Ken Wisenhunt, and he ended up getting replaced back by Ken Wisenhunt, which is actually the job he took over to begin with when Ken Wisenhunt was the coach of the Tennessee Titans. But as far as Frank Reich goes, I mean, the credentials are there. The bona fides are there, right? He has the bona fides to definitely command a, a job like this and if you're the chargers you need the best possible dude and you know the most qualified dude for the job he had seven starting quarterbacks in four and a half seasons with the colts right it's hard to yeah. get any measurement on an offense when that's happening but with philip rivers he went 11 and 5 made the playoffs right almost took out the bills that year in the playoffs yep. when he had andrew luck which unfortunately for him he only had andrew luck for one year right and they went 10 and 6 won a playoff game lost in the second round when he had good quarterbacks they were good he yeah. made Carson Wentz a borderline MVP in 2017. And then he also went and torched Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. Torched Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, yeah. right? That's always going to give you a, a hot, you know, a, a soft spot in my heart for that, for sure, David. I mean, <laughs> that is the pedigree. And like you said, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. Like, I don't think there's a better opportunity out there for someone to do something like this because yeah. 
you're not going to get a, a good quarterback like Justin Herbert with not an offensive minded head coach, right? You're not going to go be the chief's offensive coordinator. So everyone can give Andy Reid credit, right? You come to the chargers, you get Justin Herbert. And if you play well with Justin Herbert, or if Justin Herbert does well, which he always does well, as long as he has players out on the field with him, basically, right. yeah. you're going to look great. And he would get a head coaching job in the next cycle. Almost for sure. Right. Exactly. I mean, Joe Lombardi, even with the limitations was getting a lot, you know, got a head he coach got an interview. interview. Yeah. yeah. He did get a head coach interview. So the other thing is David is, the Chargers rushing game was terrible when Frank Reich was there. So that's kind of a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. But then you saw last year when he has a good offensive line and Jonathan Taylor, they rushed for 2,540 yards. So, I mean, <laughs> when you take all that into consideration, whenever he's had a good quarterback or even Nick Foles, his offenses have been d- doing really well. And he's kind of dealt an unfair hand. You don't know how much he had to play and who the quarterback was going to be. But it's been pretty, you know, turbulent, I would say, there in the Indianapolis. And I don't think that should take away from his kind of credentials as an offensive mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, his, uh, you know, what he's done, and you know, it, it definitely it already speaks for itself. I mean, he has a lot had a lot of success with good quarterbacks, and Justin yeah. Herbert, by all accounts, is not good. He's great. You know, yeah. he, he's transcendent. He has the ability to make any kind of throws on the football field. So to have that kind of quarterback to where you could really get creative and you can really kind of open up your mind and really experiment what offense can be. I think that would be a really attractive opportunity for for Frank Reich, and yeah. it would be a great way to rebuild his value and eventually get back to being a head coach, which I'm sure is the ultimate goal. Yeah, and I mean, it's very possible that he could get that as soon as next year. I think there's going to be a lot of interest there, so not too sure. much to hold your breath about, and the Chargers might not even fire Joe Lombardi. We don't know that for sure. Right, yeah, we're getting ahead but, of like, ourselves. This dude also made it work with Jacoby Brissett right for a season. This dude had them one game away from the playoffs with Carson Wentz at quarterback, the broken down version of Carson Wentz, right? So <laughs> yeah, he has a lot. And I've also just would think it would be great to have someone with head coach experience standing next to Brandon Staley coaching the other side of the football. Couldn't hurt at all. I yeah. think it would be a great thing for them and for them as a team. I mean, Joe Lombardi doesn't have that. And you're getting, obviously you have to change the system of whatever. But if anything, you've seen Frank Reich tailor different offenses to different quarterbacks, a ton of them, right? So right. it's like he's shown the ability to evolve. And it seems like sometimes Justin Herbert's just playing in what Joe Lombardi wants offensively, not necessarily what's best for Justin Herbert. But we have another quick one I want to get to here from Bolt Up Andrew, who asks, who would be a bigger loss for Sunday's game, Corey Lindsley or Trey Pipkins? Usually it would be Lindsley, but having Crosby against Sorrell would negatively impact, or Foster Sarrell would negatively impact our passing game and Justin Herbert's safety. So, David, this is actually a tougher question than I thought. It is a little bit of a tough question, but but to me, it's Trey Pipkins, the right tackle. And the reason why is because Max Crosby has ten and a half sacks and no one else on the Raiders has more than one. So he and he rushes from that side pretty (laughs) much almost primarily. He has 17 tackles for loss and he is fourth in the NFL in QB hits. Max Crosby is a dang problem. Okay, he is a big problem that the Chargers have to solve and it would be. Very beneficial if they have the best starting right tackle available out there to try to combat him and slow him down because that he's one of those players that's going to get his. He's going to get yeah. his. You just have to try to limit his effectiveness as much as possible. And so for that reason, this week specifically is why I think it is Trey Pipkins that's a little bit more valuable. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that necessarily cut and dry because I think it also has to do with what Trey Pipkins you're getting, right? If it's the banged up Trey Pipkins that's barely kind of dragging around like that, I'd rather have a fully physically healthy Corey Lindsley out there, right? Obviously coming back from a concussion, but everything else with him has been okay, at least recently. So, yeah, 
if I'm getting an all-pro level of Corey Lindsay as opposed to a really banged-up Trey Pipkins who has been struggling but still playing admirably, I'm taking Corey Lindsley. But the drop-off, even though it's a huge between Corey Lindsley and Will Clapp, isn't the same as what it is between Trey Pipkins and Foster Sarrell. And when you actually factor in the matchup of going up against Max Crosby, I think there's a good you know chance that it is Trey Pipkins that's more important. It is easier to help the tackles, though. That's another yes. important part of this, right? Corey Lindsley helps the guards tremendously with Zion Johnson and Matt Filer with stunts and things like that. You saw the A-gap blitz from Jeffrey Simmons or Isaiah Simmons last week, right, yeah. where he's running through the A-gap and just there's nothing Justin Herbert can even do. Gets him out of field right. range. It's hard when you don't have somebody that's rock solid right in the center of your offensive line. <laughs> that's a really, really tough decision. We'll it's see if either one. of them yeah. can play. Hopefully – both of them can play. But we want to continue this Chargers mail back here, and we have a couple more great questions, including a kicker controversy potentially in the works right now between Cameron Dicker, the kicker, and Dustin Hopkins, who hasn't really done a lot to lose his job so far this year. We're also talking about Joey Bosa, an updated kind of timeline, what his initial prognosis was, kind of what we've been reading into the tea leaves ever since then, and when we could potentially see him back. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you guys have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. The faster part, I know for a fact, is 100% true, because my wife uses LinkedIn Jobs, and she said it takes her less than two minutes to create a free job post. You can add the job by post with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's something that's helped her out. And it's also a hard time right now to get people to change jobs around the holidays, right? And the one thing that she really says is kind of foolproof for her is using LinkedIn jobs because that's the way she finds the best candidates, especially this time of the year. LinkedIn jobs is finding all sorts of seasonal jobs, right? And can help you with all sorts of seasonal job fillings for just this time of the year. And you're going to get candidates that are actually worth your time because my wife's a recruiter. The worst thing you can have as a recruiter is candidates that are wasting your time. Go faster, get the best candidates available with LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Continuing this Chargers mail back here, we appreciate everyone who hit us up at LAC on Twitter and everyone who called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. And I think the biggest thing we have to start with here is probably Joey Bosa, David, because I love talking about Dicker the kicker, but Joey Bosa is such a tremendous part of this Chargers defense, and we've seen how much they've struggled without him. Yes. Not that he can fix everything, but he obviously helps tremendously. He makes yeah. you a lot better on defense, especially yes. he makes Quill Mack better. He makes the run defense better. He makes the secondary better. He he really impacts the game all in all of those ways. Yeah. So this is a question we have from Chargers no matter what. Two-part question. A, best guess on what game Joey Bosa returns. And B, the deep game has seemed to come and go over the last three games. Any guesses why this is? I mean, they've actually been taking more deep shots the last three games. They've had a touchdown of 30-plus yards. They had one game where they had multiple 40-plus yard gains through the air. Keenan Allen, 46-yard catch. Josh Palmer, a 50-yard touchdown. Last week, you get the 30-plus yard. DeAndre Carter thing. I don't. I think we've been seeing it more since Keenan Allen's been back, but I also think, yeah. I mean, offensive line is the big part of that too. Definitely. I want to focus on the Joey Bosa part of this year. So let's get the timeline correct. That's the that's the most important thing. Joey Bosa got injured week three. The next week he got surgery on September 29th. I've seen a lot of people out there say, you know, it's already been 10 weeks. He's already going over the expected timeline. He really hasn't. Adam Schefter said the timeline was six to 10 weeks. Obviously, if it was six weeks, 
you would have already been back right now. But this coming Thursday, tomorrow, as you're hearing this, will be exactly nine weeks, right? So he's still in the middle of that timeline. The thing that brings me pause, David, is it was only November 16th when we heard Brandon Staley, who's basically shut down every comment about Joey Bosa over the last couple of weeks, where he said it's going to be some time before Bosa can start practicing. It's still really, really up in the air at this point, David, but it doesn't seem like anything is imminent as we're talking about it right now. Yeah, which is which sucks. I mean, it's unfortunate. Just like everyone else, we would love to see Joey Bosa back on the practice field and getting Doing ready shrugs. to play for the Chargers because these are the games they have to have. And to have him out there is not going to fix all your problems. It's not, but it can solve a lot of them. It can, it can really help, help you win games. Tremendous. Oh, yeah. He's flat he, out. He's a. He is the only force multiplier that is left that can potentially come back and really change the way this defense looks yeah. at least a little bit. I mean, he he's going to help. Like you said, he's going to help in a multitude of different ways, but he's back in the building. We know that, but we don't know anything past that. We and just the, don't know what that window, means. <laughs> right. We don't know what that means. The, 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 the IR window has not been started on him yet. This is why every single time Brandon Staley has a press conference, it is important to tune in because you could get an update on Joey Bosa. We haven't gotten any of any substance yet, so hopefully we do get some soon. But obviously, we want we need the, the you know the Chargers need that dude back because I mean these games are incredibly important and he can help the Chargers win. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty certain he's not going to play this week. I mean, at yeah. least from what we've seen right now, next week will be the tenth week of his recovery. Maybe we see him back out of practice. It's not like he needs a lot, but he's such an important player that they're going to be really careful about it. Yeah, That is the furthest extent of that original timeline, though. But as we've seen with these timelines, right, they only meet so much. Every player is different. Just because he isn't back doesn't mean he's not rehabbing hard. And he right. just posted on his Instagram after the last game, you know, it's a slow process. So take that how you will. I'm hoping they can get it back next week against the Raiders. That might be optimistic. But if you can get him even after that, right, for the, the final Dolphins. four games yeah. of, of the Dolphins, yeah. yeah. But if even if you can get him after the Dolphins game for the last four weeks of the season, obviously that's going to be huge because yes. they're almost all going to be must-win games for the Chargers. Definitely. But let's get into a kicker controversy, David, because Cameron Dicker has been so good as the Chargers kicker. It has people wondering whether or not he should potentially replace Dustin Hopkins, who had been pretty good with the Chargers. Let's hear what we have from Ryan this week. This is Ryan from Huntington Beach, and I had a question. Uh, Cameron Dicker, the kicker, uh, he has been super hot since the Chargers picked him up off the waiver wire. Do you think if Hopkins comes back, do we keep Hopkins around, or is it going to be a kicker controversy? What are your thoughts, and bolt up. Kicker controversies. I never thought we'd see the day I get to discuss this on the show. <laughs> it's interesting because Dicker's been perfect. 10 of yeah. 10 on field goal so far this year. 10 of 10 on PATs so far this year. Long of 47, which might give you some pause, but he's been so good, David, that this is a conversation we have to have now. It is. It is a conversation we have to have. And I mean, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Ryan Ficken, the, the Chargers special teams coordinator, because no matter who's been out there, it doesn't matter. The Chargers have been perfect, pretty much making all of their kicks. But, you know, you still have to remember the fact that the Chargers signed D Dustin Hopkins to a nine million dollar contract over three years. So that's three million per season. So there is some financial situations here that are involved. And yeah, Cameron Dicker has a perfect opportunity with this showcase that, you know, now that Hopkins is on IR to show exactly what he is capable of doing. I would like to see more ops from 50 plus just so I would get a little bit Any more ops? comfortable. 
yeah, yeah. any ops, you know, from 50 plus to, you know, let me know that he can get the job done in those situations because, you know, we don't see the Chargers put themselves in that situation a lot. But in the playoffs, if they get there, I mean, you got to have some faith in your kicker to be able to go out there and win you a football game when the game's on the line from 50 plus. Yeah, and I mean, it's been a really long time. I mean, I don't even know if you trusted Nate Kading from 50 yard plus, especially in a no, big definitely moment. not. Yeah, but like he was decent. I mean, he was for a time the most accurate kicker. But like that's a long, long time ago now, Dave. We're it aging is. ourselves talking I about know. Nate Kading right now. I mean, <laughs> ever since then, Nick Novak never had a big leg, right? They've had some guys with bigger legs since, but no one that can kick consistently. And it just feels like that's not a weapon the Chargers have at their disposal. We don't right. know with Dicker. I mean, the 47 yard he made. Didn't look like it would have made it from too, too much farther, right? Maybe 50, 52. The longest he's made in his career going back to college was 53 yards his junior season. In college, I mean, he only had hit 85-plus percent of his field goals one time, and it was his senior year. Obviously, working with Ryan Ficken, it seems to have straightened some things out for him. But Dustin Hopkins, you feel bad because, first yeah. of all, I mean, he's been great. He's been huge. Right. Like, he is, like – a low-key leader, I think, of this team, you know, as, as much as a, a kicker can be. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, eight years in the league, right? He's not. 100%, he's, but he gets jazzed right. up, though. Like, there's kickers you can tell just sitting around, you know, oh, yeah. and they, they don't really want to be part of the team or want the True. spotlight or anything. Dustin Hopkins has stepped up and made big kicks for this team. I Missed agree. a big one last week, last year, right, against the Raiders oh. in that final game. That's obviously huge. Yeah. But this year, he's 9 of 10 on his field goals. One of two on 40-plus yarders. The only one that he missed was a 40-plus yarder, right? He has, did not attempt a 50-yard field goal. The Chargers not, have not attempted a 50-yard field goal this season, right? Cameron Dicker has never done that at the professional level. He's 10 for 10. Dustin Hopkins is 9 for 10. But last year, overall, between the you know Washington Commanders and the Chargers, Hopkins was 40 out of 44 on PATs, which isn't great. 30 out of 34 on field goals, which is pretty good. But he was only two of five from 50 plus, right? Yeah. So if in this stretch, Cameron Dicker can give them the confidence that he can make a 50 plus yard field goal for, you know, in a game and he's helping the team that way, I think he definitely can, you know, save the Chargers some money on Dustin Hopkins potentially next year because they're not in a good salary cap situation. If not, you feel more comfortable that Dustin Hopkins would come back. That's a three year deal. This guy would come obviously much cheaper, but yeah. he's going to have to continue what he's done so far. I mean, he, he still has to be really good. And hopefully, right. it just feels like one of these games is going to come down to a 55 yard kick, David. Yeah. When game. Does he have the leg for it? Can he hit that kick consistently? I don't know if we're going to get that in the, you know, at least a three game sample size, at least as long as Dustin Hopkins is going to be on injured reserve. Yep. But Hopkins also, like, Seemed like he was coming back right before they put him on IR. So is that him being hurt? I mean, it's hard to believe they'd put him on there unless he was not, you know, if he could right. potentially come back. But they need roster spots. That's a, a one big thing. I don't know. It seems like it is a little bit of a tryout right now. And, and if he can hit some 50-plus yarders, I mean, Patrick Mahomes needed a 58-yarder to beat the Chargers in overtime, if we remember that. So yep. we'll see what happens. But, I mean, Ticker the kicker. Has a chance probably to win this job, and I mean, you can't be any better than perfect, and that's doing everything he can. So yep, I mean, he's been perfect, he's been perfect so far. So, I'm excited to see more. He seems like he's never is stressing, and I think that's obviously a great quality in a kicker. Not that Hopkins was, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But that is going to do it for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow because you know what Thursdays are it's crossover Thursday, it's going to be locked on Chargers. Locked on Raiders with your boy Q, one of the best hosts on the network. It's going to be a ton of fun talking about the biggest matchups. Make sure you don't miss it. Go subscribe to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
We also post the show every day to all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. David Drogemeyer's DMs are always open at DrotalkSD. And you guys can show up at the Lockdown Chargers Twitter as well at LockdownLAC. You can also find us on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers and on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you guys need a second listen, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. It's one of the best things going right now as far as keeping up with everything, getting all the highlights from everything happening around sports, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you guys are finding us and following us wherever you do get your podcast from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. But tomorrow is crossover Thursday for a gigantic game for the Chargers. Maybe not a must-win but it kind of feels like it. So we're going to be here talking about it tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.